This is a Federal News Network podcast. Welcome to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP, the federal leader in retirement planning seminars sponsored by WEPA. Join NITP for an hour of plain talk on planning your future. You've got questions, they've got answers. Welcome to the December 4th, 2023 For Your Benefit radio show. I'm Bob Lines, and together with Tammy Flanagan, Senior Benefit Director, NITP, and knower of all things federal. Good morning, Tammy. Hey, Bob, how are you today? Well, good. Now that I know you're on the other end of this, <laughs> it'll, it'll <laughs> well, make good. life easy for Andrew and I. Anyway, well, the good news is we're on the one one week countdown to the end of open season. So your um, open season nightmares will be over in a week. <laughs> Do you find that it, there's a, a huge jump in interest for this last week and kind of coasted before that with regards to people changing their health care? Yeah, I've been getting more emails, um, especially this year for some reason. I don't know if people are just catching on that they can you know, really look into this and, and try to make a, a good decision. But I have been getting a lot of questions because there have been some changes. And I think people are starting to listen um, based on the cost. You know, health insurance isn't, you know, the cheapest thing we can pay for. So we want to make sure we're making good decisions um, going forward so we don't spend more than we have to. So what, what do you find that, that maybe people inadvertently overlook what they should have known? And I think it's just that they they think everything's going to stay the same. You know, they, they're happy with what they have. It's worked in the past. So why wouldn't it be the same next year? Uh, but yet, you know, every year OPM sends out a call letter to all the health plans and tells them what the initiative should be for the coming year. And so, for example, this year, one of the things was infertility. I guess there's a lot of need for couples who are trying to start a family to, to deal with that. And it's very expensive. So OPM put out an initiative and some of the plans took them up on the offer and they're offering those benefits this year for the first time that are fairly significant, even though it doesn't cover the full cost, it's a real big step in the right direction. So things do change, you know, from year, from time to time. And sometimes, believe it or not, they're improvements and not always things that get taken away. Okay. So you're doing the countdown. We got, I guess, seven steps mentioned here, maybe five uh, with a more focus. So uh, if you recommend five steps to do this, let's start with choice one or step one in evaluating. Go ahead. Well, all right. Well, the first step, I think, when you're trying to approach open season and figure out, you know, what to do without being totally overwhelmed is to take a good look at what you have. You know, take a look at your health plan that you're in. If you are happy with it, at least, if nothing else, look at the front cover of your plan brochure because it's going to give you some resources there as far as the premiums. It's going to tell you what page to go to to see what is changing for that plan next year. And there's also going to be a summary of the current benefits so you can refresh yourself and remind yourself of what that plan covers, what your cost sharing, you, you know, those co-payments, deductibles are, and, and those types of things. And if you are happy with it, then you can start to evaluate other things. But as, as well as reviewing your current health plan, also review your current health needs. So if you are a family of just yourself and you're trying to figure out, well, maybe next year I need three crowns and a root canal, and mm-hmm. I also am facing you know, shoulder surgery, 
then those are some things I want to make sure are included in my plan that I, I have really good coverage for those and my providers are going to be in that network that that provide those services. So really think about what you have now and then you can start to move forward. All right, if somebody anticipates an issue and <clears throat> is there a study period before you press the button to, uh, they think they have the issue, but where do they go to figure out that you do have an issue? You know, well, you I can give you an example. Yeah. So for example, um, I had a friend, unfortunately he passed away this year, but we were looking for health plans for him in the last couple of years because he had some real serious heart problems. And in fact, he was facing a heart transplant. So with something like that, you want the best coverage and you want the best providers and the best hospitals. So we found that the plan he was in was a great health plan, but his transplant center was in a state not where he lived. And he didn't have a caregiver that was willing to go three months to a new state to relocate while he had the surgery and had the rehab. So we looked around for plans that had a transplant center right where he lived, which happened to be Blue Cross. You know, he lived near the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, and that's where their transplant center is. And that's really a great place to go if you need that type of surgery. So that's why he changed plans, because he knew that was the focus of his illness and what he needed care for. So when you know you have something serious that you need attended, you want to be sure your providers are in the plan. You want to make sure that you understand how the referrals work and what the restrictions are. So it's easier in some respects if you have a known illness that you're trying to make sure is covered by that plan rather than just if you're in good health and something might go wrong. You know, we all have that possibility of stepping out in front of that bus that we didn't see coming out down the road. So we just want to make sure that um, we're covered in the case of emergency, but also in the case of our current health conditions. You know, if we have chronic illnesses, if we're diabetic, you know, those are things that we know that we need to address. All right. Are there are there resources to help people evaluate? Oh, absolutely. There's lots of resources at OPM's website because OPM, the Office of Personnel Management, administers the Federal Health Benefit Program. So if you go to opm.gov, you know, they all have the little menu at the top of the page. So you can click on insurance and then click on healthcare because we're talking about healthcare. And then under that, you'll see a drop down. It says plan information. And under the plan information is where you can narrow down your choices from 158 different health plans down to about 20 to 40 different plans because it's going to let you pick your state because some of these plans are regional, they're HMOs, they're regional plans. So you don't need to look at the ones that don't serve your area. So you can do that through opm.gov. And once you get to that map of the United States, it'll also link you to a plan comparison program that OPM manages. And also the one that you and I are most familiar with, Bob, is the checkbook guide to federal health plans. So you've got two really good plan comparisons you can use to help stack your plans up side by side to see if they meet your needs. The checkbook guide for folks in the Washington area lets you put your providers in to make sure those providers are in that plan network. So that's nice um, feature of that particular plan comparison. So yeah, there's plenty of tools. Um, I think it's an important note to know, like, how do you narrow it down so you're not overwhelmed? And how do you avoid that fear of not knowing what you don't know, you know, because a lot of people think, well, at least I know what I have, but I don't know what I don't know about these other plans. So 
I think it helps alleviate the fear if you can use some of those comparisons to see what what's what. What about <clears throat> excuse me? What about dental and vision coverage? So yeah, you know, so FedVip. <laughs> FedVIP or the Federal Employees Dental and Vision Insurance Program, that's really one of the last steps you want to do because what, once you've chosen your health plan, you'll notice that in some of the federal health plans, you have basic dental and basic vision, not in every plan, but some of the plans will offer that. You know, For example, the GEHA plan, Government Employees Health Association or Hospital Association, um, they provide IMED. And I know when we had that plan, it covered our annual vision checkups. It gave us a little bit of plan allowance for frames and contact lenses. So that in itself really served our needs for vision coverage where we didn't have to have a separate plan. But if you're in a plan that doesn't offer that and you wear glasses or contacts, you might wanna pick up one of the FedVIP um, supplemental vision plans and you've got five to choose from. So same thing with dental. You know, Blue Cross has basic dental benefits, doesn't cover a lot, doesn't give you a lot of reimbursement. It's basic for someone who's pretty good health and don't have too many problems with their dental work. But then if you need extra coverage, extra benefits, we've got plenty of dental plans to choose from. And they have both high option where you can submit more claims, you know, larger dollar amounts. And then you have the standard option, which have more limited allowances, but again, cover your routine twice a year dental checkups, your x-rays, um, you know, basic fillings and things that you need in um, the younger years. You know, once you get into the crowns and root canal um, stage mm -hmm. of life, then you better pick up a little higher option plan. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Flexible spending accounts. I mean, wh when does somebody switch from one to a flexible spending account or pull back or once they're in, do they stay in? Well, for employees, now retirees don't have the option of a flexible spending account. This is strictly an employee benefit. But for those feds who are still on the workforce, who are still getting a paycheck, they should consider opening a flexible spending account for next year or renewing their flexible spending account allotment because that doesn't carry over. You have to re-up it every year. It's something you have to make a decision on. So for 2024, the limit for your um, flexible spending account next year is $3,200. Let's see, I'm, I'm reading this off of a, a message that I got here for healthcare FSA. All right, so yeah, $3,200 for next year, which is um, a smaller boost than the $200 hike that was seen this year. But none, nonetheless, that's still several thousand dollars you can put aside that you don't pay any tax on. No federal tax, no state tax, no Medicare, no FICA tax. So <laughs> it's a wonderful way to um, save some money on your tax bill for things that you're already going to spend money on anyway. Because we know that we have co-pays on prescriptions. We know if we get allergy shots, there's probably a co-pay there. So for those things you know you're going to spend money on next year in form of health care, um, employees have this opportunity to set aside to have children. And we have the dependent care FSA, which is a family limit of $5,000. And that allows you to set aside money you're going to spend on daycare, on before and after school care, on summer camps. So definitely um, another tax savings. If you can set aside $5,000 that's not subject to tax, that can help out a little bit when it comes April. Time to pay the pay the bill, right? Right. That's when we pay our tax bills. Oh, yes. Yeah, about April 15th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Some people see that more painful than the dentist. So. 
Uh, one other thing I wanted to say, though, because we get uh, a lot of questions lately and they're becoming more popular, are health savings accounts, which sounds an awful lot like flexible spending account, but they are very different. So a health savings account is another tax feature of a health plan. But in order to have a health savings account and in order to fund a health savings account, you have to be in a high deductible health plan. Though you don't necessarily have to be employed. So even retirees who don't have Medicare can join a high deductible health plan and open a health savings account. And those limits are even higher. So if you're funding a health savings account for next year in a self-only plan, you can contribute up to $4,150 in that health savings account. And if you're in a self plus one or family plan, that limit goes all the way up to $8,300. Wow. And that's a lot of dough you can set aside with no taxes being withheld. And this is even better because it's no taxes going in, no taxes coming out, and the money grows tax-free as well. So those folks who can take advantage of that, that's really a sweet deal. Well, I think um, the note takers are, are um, catching up with, with the verbiage. So why don't we take a break and we'll come back and uh, talk about WEPA. Times have changed, but WEPA's mission remains the same, to promote the health, welfare, and financial well-being of civilian federal employees. WEPA offers group term life insurance to civilian federal employees with up to $1.5 million in coverage, regardless of salary. As a WEPA member, you can access exclusive rates and benefits not available to the general public. How does this compare to Fegley? Unlike Fegley, WEPA's coverage amounts are not capped by your salary. WEPA will cover your family as well. For your children, WEPA offers double the benefits that Fegley offers. And for your spouse, WEPA offers 20 times more coverage than Fegley. 20 times more coverage. WEPA's coverage is also portable if you decide to leave the federal government or retire. You can even supplement or replace your existing policy. See how much you could save by visiting waepa.org today. Welcome back <clears throat> to the next leg of the show. Uh, my name is Bob Lines, and we have Tammy Flanagan, Senior Benefit Director of NITP, but I think you have a, a whole lot of other initials. <laughs> well, I have no initials, but I do a lot of things. I'm, I keep myself very busy. Yeah, and people can read your comments and where? Well, I have a column on GovExec Weekly that runs, usually it comes online about afternoon on Thursdays. And then I also have done some work with NARF, the National Active and Retired Federal Employees Association, where we've done a whole webinar series on open season choices, both for employees as well as retirees. And we go through in great detail all the things you need to think about during open season. Okay. And that, that's, that's a lot to study. But if you break it up, if you break it up, um, probably not three days before open season closes. So. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people do wait till that last minute. And, and you still do have one more weekend left because we, here we are Monday of the final full week. But then next weekend, you can still be making changes and until Monday, December 11th. So you can still put those last minute choices down um, next Monday. But that's it. Monday is the last day a week from now. 
Okay. Now, I don't know if I asked you this before, but uh, here's, here's another question. Do you have any significant healthcare events or issues in 2023? This is asking yourself. Do, do you anticipate any changes in your healthcare needs in 2024? So, right. And, and go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. I was just going to say, we, we kind of did talk about that, but if you do anticipate those things, it does make it a little easier to narrow down your choices. Um, so I think yeah. that that does help. But keep in mind also, I, and I think most people know this, but I still get this question, that if you're in the midst of a health event, you know, you you need surgery, you've been seeing a doctor, if you change health plans, you will be accepted. There is no pre pre-existing condition uh, worry. So what, whatever health plan you want, no one's going to ask you how's your health or give, make you take a physical. Our federal health plans are open to all you know, federal employees who are eligible for FEHB and those retirees who have continued their federal health plan into retirement can also participate freely in the open season period, which is yeah. nice. And oftentimes our focus are um, retirees, but that's not necessarily the case because we talk a lot of employees. So yep. are there different uh, different steps for employees versus retirees? Yeah, when you look at the health plans, you can get some clues as to who they're targeting. So I, I find that a lot of the health plans, you'll see there's usually a high option and a standard option but they don't always call it high option and standard option. Sometimes they'll call it standard option and basic option, such as the case with Blue Cross. So Blue Cross standard is the other plan's high option and Blue Cross basic might be the other plan's standard option. So you have to learn the lingo and start to relate to those different key words that you can see. And then the other thing I find that even though you're thinking, well, if it's high option and standard option, well, I want the high option, right? Because I want the best. High option doesn't always mean the best. Sometimes it means this is going to be a plan that's really targeted for older retirees who might not have taken Medicare and they have a lot of big medical expenses where they want to have the least out-of-pocket expense. So you're paying for that by enrolling in that plan, even if you're in perfect health. Because remember, everybody in that plan, regardless of their age, regardless of their health, pays the same premium. So don't overdo it with your health insurance for something that you're really not going to get your money's worth out of. There's nothing wrong with a basic plan such as Blue Cross Basic or GEHA Standard versus GEHA High Option, for instance. Again, that standard option plan of GEHA is a wonderful benefit for most people but you have lower out-of-pocket expenses with the highest. And if you're somebody with a lot of prescription drug needs or a lot of medical expenses. So really look at those cost-sharing details as much as you're looking at the premiums that can help you decide. And then for our young and healthy, our new hires, our 20-year-old invincible employees, you know, they might be looking for that word value at the end of that plan name because that's going to be a plan that really focuses on wellness and gives you really good preventative care and emergency care, but you're going to have higher cost sharing if you do have a lot of health issues. So those are generally not the best plans for someone with a chronic health problem or a lot of medical needs, but it can be a wonderful plan for someone who's in generally good health. And then you have to focus on um, things like families where you need care for well child visits and you need care for parents who might be experiencing problems with infertility. So again, look at those plans that offer those specific benefits. So I think once you learn the, the code, you know, the little um, 
the hints that you can pick up on when you start looking at these plans, you start to narrow down your choices even further from those, you know, 42 plan choices down to maybe your top 12. And, and then the key is to keep narrowing down that number of choices so that you can get down to maybe three that you can really take some time with and, and look at the, the pages of that plan brochure. Because as you, as most people know, those plan brochures, I'm looking at Blue Cross, it's 170 pages. Um, you know, most of them are in the realm of 150 to 180 some pages. So you don't want to have to look at 20 of those. But if you're down to the top three, you can start glancing through that and use that as a handbook. All righty. Are there different ways to look at this, steps to take an employee versus a retiree? Do you self-educate enough prior to retirement to know the difference uh, between that? Well, the, I guess the one thing is to make sure that you've met the requirement to keep that health plan in retirement. So for our employees who are getting ready to, to transition from employee to annuitant, they have to realize they've got to have five years in the federal health benefit program in order to keep that insurance in retirement. But that doesn't mean you have to be five years in the same plan. You can switch plans every open season and you'll still meet the five-year test. It's just that you can't have private sector health insurance through your spouse and then jump into the federal plan the year before you retire. So that's number one. Secondly, there's plans such as the Foreign Service Benefit Plan that if you didn't have it as an employee, you might not be eligible to have it as a retiree. That Foreign Service Plan is a very great national plan, actually worldwide plan, and it's open to not only the Department of State, but also Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, and some other um, organizations that are a little smaller. But if you're someone who's eligible for that plan as an employee, once you're enrolled in it, now you have access to it in retirement as well. So if you're looking for something that provides uh, $75 credit towards your massage therapy 50 times a year, that's the plan for you. Um, plus, it has really great um, cost sharing, meaning that the cost sharing is relatively low and the catastrophic cap on that plan is relatively low as well. So it stacks up side by side be beside any good high option federal health plan. It is a high option plan. It only has the one plan choice other than uh, for retirees who join that plan, they could join the Medicare Advantage option. Well, I think publications, big, oh, go ahead. No, you go, you go ahead. Not, no, we'll talk about right, Medicare. Are, are there publications people should be made aware of that are listening today or just in general uh, as a basics to understanding it? Because I imagine anything is daunting, but the publications, <laughs> Uh, are far less daunting. Yeah. Well, you know, the main publication we all use during open season is the plan brochure. And that's the one that's kind of massive brochure. I like it if you can go to the plan websites. So once you've looked at those plans on OPM's list of plans available, you can link to that plan website. And on every plan's webpage, it's going to say open season because we're in open season where it's going to highlight the features of that plan. It's going to list your premiums. It might even include a little video or even an online chat where you can chat with somebody and ask questions, specific questions about that plan. So, you know, definitely don't underestimate the value of reviewing that plan website and also um, the plan brochure. I hate to say it, even though it is long, there's a lot of important information in there. That's where you find so, out who the network is. <laughs> yeah, one should want to start uh, reading these things. 
not necessarily. Yeah, you don't have to read it like a novel. <laughs> you don't have to read it like a novel. I think the sections that are most interesting to people who are trying to find the right plan is section one on how this plan works, where you can find the, the plan network that you're going to have to use. And section two that says these are the changes coming for next year. And then section three is how you get care. Now, the rest of that plan brochure is going to be specific things like, like inpatient care, physical therapy, durable medical equipment. It's going to break that all down that you'll want to refer to that throughout the year when the doctor says you need a walker, or cane or wheelchair. Let's see how my plan covers it. Or um, I just took a ride in an ambulance. Let's see how my plan is going to reimburse that or how that's going to be covered. So those are the reasons why you have such a large brochure, because it covers all those different medical events and medical needs and prescription drug coverage. Okay. I think we touched on this, but are there different steps for employees versus retirees? Yeah. Or so retirees, the big focus, especially for our retirees who are turning or have turned 65 is Medicare. You know, we've talked so much about Medicare, but it, it is worth talking about because there are changes there for next year as well. Uh, one of the big changes that many of the plans are offering are Medicare Advantage plans within that federal health plan. So in other words, you can join the Foreign Service Benefit Plan, for instance, and then once you're in that plan, if you're 65 or older and you're enrolled in Medicare Part A and Medicare Part B, you can join their Medicare Advantage plan option, which is kind of separate from the Foreign Service Benefit Plan and that you get a new health plan ID card, you have a new prescription drug formulary. It's a little bit different, but it does add some perks at no additional charge. And those perks can be anywhere from um, gym membership to meal delivery after a hospital stay to non-emergency transportation. And in some respects, if you think about some of those benefits, they can be really attractive to someone who's older, especially someone who might live alone and wonder who's going to take me to physical therapy when I come out of the hospital. It's nice to have that transportation benefit. Um, the only extra charge for those Medicare Advantage add-ons is if you have a higher income. So people with incomes above $103,000 on their tax return for a single filer or above $206,000 if you're filing a joint tax return, you'll have to pay uh, the IRMA surcharges. Those are the income-related monthly adjustment amounts that can add on to your cost of Medicare. That's for Medicare Part B. So you do have to be in Medicare A and B to join one of those Advantage plans. Now, well, some of the other plans, such as Blue Cross, um, Aetna Direct, these are not Advantage plans, but they're offering next year for the first time a Medicare prescription drug plan. So this is a new option. It's really caused a lot of stir amongst the retirees who have gotten letters from their health plan saying, guess what? we enrolled you in Medicare Part D. Not like, do you want to enroll? Mm -hmm. We've enrolled you automatically. And if you don't want us, you'll have to drop out. So a lot of people have been concerned about that. They're worried about that. You know, anything the government does for us must be good for the government, not good for us. So they're very concerned. But it ends up that the Medicare Part D plans that are being added to Blue Cross, to um, Aetna Direct, um, they're already included in those Advantage plan options that I mentioned. Um, those are actually a good thing in many respects because they limit your out-of-pocket expenses on prescriptions. For instance, Blue Cross Standard Option next year, as well as Aetna Direct, and I think the Foreign Service Plan as well, if you're in their Advantage option, limits your cost 
to $2,000. So for somebody who has large copays on their prescriptions, that can be a major savings. I was talking to a woman last week who spends $600 for one prescription on a 30-day basis. So having that savings is going to really save her a lot of money. Um, and, but again, that Part D or that drug benefit under Medicare also is subject to IRMA. So even though it's going to be some savings, you might also find that you have to pay a little bit extra if you're in those higher income brackets. So that, that could be a reason to discourage it. And also for those listening who might be overseas, who, who live overseas or part of the year they live overseas, remember that Medicare doesn't work overseas. So we have to beware of that and may have to go back to the original drug plan to have that coverage. So who's Irma? Aunt Irma. And nobody likes their Aunt Irma because she has a higher premium for Medicare. So if you're affected by that, that's an IRS thing, right? We got to deal with paying a little bit more if we're wealthier, you know, share the, share the wealth. Um, but it does require, so the basic premium for Medicare for next year is 174.70 a month per person. That's a lot, right? That's just for Medicare Part B, which is the outpatient part, the doctor's part of Medicare. And just because you enroll in Medicare doesn't mean you can drop your federal plan. You still need other health insurance. Medicare by itself isn't enough. So you're still going to pay your health premiums plus this Medicare Part B premium. <clears throat> so what retirees with Medicare should look for are plans that provide a reduction in that cost of Part B. Uh, many of the plans like Blue Cross Basic, Aetna Direct, GEHA High Option, they provide rebates for Part B. Not 100%, but you're going to get $800, $900, even $1,000 back per spouse on that Part B premium. So that'll help make it more affordable. But if you're affected by the IRMA surcharges, that 174 very quickly goes up to $244 a month. And if you're fortunate to have an income higher than 129,000 for single filers and 258,000 for joint filers, that premium then goes over $100 a month more to 349.40 a month. So we do have federal retirees, fortunately or unfortunately, in those higher income brackets who have to deal with deciding whether or not having Medicare Part B is really going to be worth it for them. Because you don't have to take it. Um, federal plans will still cover you if you're not enrolled in Medicare, even if you're over 65. So it makes it even more complicated because we would all not want to sign up for Part B until we were really sick. And maybe that's not going to happen until we're 90, but it's too late to sign up for Part B then because it's cost prohibitive. Every year that you delay enrollment, there's a 10% surcharge. So you really do have to make that decision either at age 65 or when you retire, if you're retiring past age 65. Okay. Who is Irma? We, we, we talk about Aunt Irma. And yep. Yeah, you know Aunt Irma. You're the tax man. <laughs> <laughs> you you better answer it than me. <laughs> yeah, so so yes, that's that's been the biggest concern of, from our retired population is what do we do about Medicare? And especially from those that are higher income, you know, what do we do about paying the surcharge? Should we keep Part B? I've had people wanting to drop Part B because of the the um, surcharge on the premium. However, um, I 
think it's a little short-sighted if you're in good health to say, yeah, I'm going to drop part B because I'm not getting my money's worth. But what about next year? What about 10 years from now? You know, retirement from age 65 could have decades left, we hope, right? We hope we live to 75, 85 and beyond perhaps. But in those later years, our our chances of getting our money's worth start to increase. You know, chronic illnesses become more common. Hospitalizations be, can become more common as well. So I, I, I do have the opinion that Medicare plus FEHB is excellent coverage. Um, even if you have to pay this extra premium, in the long run, it could save you a lot of money. All right. There's another um, bullet point question. Consider your need to enroll or, excuse me, Consider your need to enroll in a Fed VIP, what's that? Dental and vision plans, evaluate cost with value. I mean, always we should do cost with value, but this one um, I think has a whole lot more horsepower to pay attention to. Right, yeah, to enroll in the, de the dental and vision plans or Fed VIP as we call it, uh, you have to go to Benefeds, B-E-N-E-F-E-D-S, uh, benefeds.com and you can enroll there whether you're employed or retired. They have the enrollment there. You log into your account if you're already enrolled and you can change plans for next year or compare plans. They also have a wonderful plan comparison program on the on the benefits page. So it's a wonderful, again, opportunity to get coverage for dental and vision services, at least discounted, if not um, where you pay a lot less out of pocket. So, yeah, definitely worth taking a look. Very good. I think it's time to take a break. What do you say? Uh, I think it's about time. <laughs> okay. So, Andrew, take us away. Who do you trust when making your most important decisions? National Institute of Transition Planning has been the trusted source for federal retirement planning, serving new, mid-career, and pre-retirement federal employees for more than 30 years. NITP's subject matter experts bring more than 800 years of collective expertise on federal benefits, financial, transition, and estate planning. Visit NITPinc.com. That's NITPinc.com to sign up for their free monthly newsletter and information about free webinars. Are you at the mid-career stage of your federal career, or do you plan to retire in the next five years and wonder if you are prepared for retirement? No matter what career stage you are, it's never too early to dot the I's and cross the T's. NITP now offers online open enrollment training to help you understand your federal benefits package and financial planning options with tips and tools to plan and fine-tune your retirement planning goals. Visit NITPINC.com to download the current brochure and calendar. All right. Welcome back. Thank you, Andrew. Um, and we have the final leg of today's show, December 4th, 2023. We're talking with Tammy Flanagan, Senior Benefit Director at NIT, probably well known for her articles, wherever <clears throat> they might be. And, and she's kind enough to come on the radio show a good few times a year. Anyway, so we got what we got, Andrew, 19 minutes. All right. <laughs> so we got more time. What do we not talk about? Well, we really haven't talked too much about the premiums, how they're going up or down or staying sideways next year. So I was looking at a premium chart in front of me at all the fee-for-service plans and some of the HMO plans that are around. And it's interesting to see that some of them have zero change for next year. You know, everybody thinks they're all going up and going crazy. But some plans, such as mail handlers benefit option, their consumer driven option, as well as their standard option is staying the same. They were able to hold 
hold the fort on the premiums for next year. Also, no change for the Aetna Medicare Advantage plan that has a growing number of fans. And even the Aetna Direct plan is going up under a dollar. So who can complain about that? So that's really nice. Now, it's even better when a plan goes down, right? It goes down mm -hmm. in price. If you looked at the Aetna Consumer Driven Plan and the Value Plan, those premiums are going down for 2024. So that's a nice thing, at least in some areas, um, they're going down. <clears throat> and also I'm looking at, um, let me see which other one was here. I was taking a look at, oh, here we go. SAMBA, the high option SAMBA plan used to be the most expensive federal health plan out there. It actually went down on the um, self and family option, $161 a month, less than it was last year. Unfortunately, what that's a sign of is that probably some of our oldest retirees had passed away who were using a lot of that benefit of SAMBA because that option was really expensive. I remember Walt Wilson was here one time telling us that they had a lot of older retirees in that plan, which was driving up the cost. So now uh, Blue Cross Standard Option has taken the, the, um, the uh, baton away from SAMBA High Option as the being the most expensive nationwide fee-for-service plan. So if you're in the Blue Cross Standard Option plan, which again is a very popular plan despite its price, um, for next year, that Blue Cross Standard plan is going up, uh, I think it was about 10% maybe for 2024. Let me see, I'm looking at it here, basic standard. Here we go. Standard options going up for the self-only plan, uh, $18, $50 a month for self and family and about $40 a month for self plus one. So you are going to see an increase, uh, maybe not too unaffordable, but nonetheless an increase for that plan. But overall, it's just a very expensive plan, but very good coverage. Um, if you're in Blue Cross Standard, I would probably also look at Blue Cross Basic, which could meet your needs just as well for less money. So again, it's, it's you know, everybody says, well, what's the average increase, which is nice to put that out in the media because everybody likes to know what's the average cost. But it doesn't matter what the average is if your plan's going up or your plan's going down next year. That's what's really important to you. Um, we were talking earlier about Medicare and the FEHB plans, and there's this confusion going on right now because we have this new drug benefit. We've always been told under FEHB that we don't need Medicare Part D. You know, it's always been in the front page of our federal health plan brochures that your federal health plan's drug benefits are as good as Medicare Part D, so you really don't have to enroll. And if you did choose to enroll in a Part D plan later, you won't be subject to a late enrollment surcharge. But now for the first time next year, you're gonna find if you're over 65 and you're enrolled in Medicare Part A or Medicare Part B, some of the plans are going to put you into a Medicare prescription drug plan automatically. Now you do have the option to opt out of those plans, but they are at no additional cost. They are expected to be, in fact, they're required to be as good as the coverage you had this year but with some added benefits, such as lower co-payments on your prescriptions, especially those expensive name brand and specialty drugs, and also a cap on how much you're going to spend out of pocket. So I don't think it's all bad that uh, OPM has made this mandate and that some of the plans are automatically enrolling our retirees in it, uh, but you can drop out of it. You know, if you're subject to the higher income-related adjustments for Part D, 
you might not feel that you're getting your money's worth, so you can cancel that coverage. You don't have to wait till the next open season. Now, if you want to re-enroll in that Part D Medicare benefit, you can do that anytime. Uh, some of the plans are saying wait till next open season. Some plans say you can pick it up as easily as you dropped it. So, so check with your plan to find out what the rules are on that drug benefit or that drug coverage. Um, one thing I think most of you affected by this know this already, and you are having to make an open season decision because all of the Humana plans have left the FEH. So if you were covered by Humana and you don't want to be placed into the lowest cost value plan, you're going to have to make a new choice for the 2024 plan year. So this might be the first time in a while that you've had to do that, but uh, keep in mind it's it's doable and it's something that there is some help out there to to, to guide you through it. So you can uh, fall on that fall back on those assistance uh, programs to help you. Now the other big news for our younger uh, enrollees is the coverage of IVF, the in vitro fertilization um, services and drugs. These are available now in 14 plans. Um, and it, within those 14 plans, there's 24 plan options. You got your high option and standard option of plans. The national plans offering these benefits would be Blue Cross standard option and the foreign service benefit plan that I mentioned earlier but you'll also find it in um, Kaiser Permanente in Hawaii. I don't know why just Hawaii, but it's only in the Hawaii Kaiser plan and uh, some of the other HMOs throughout the country, as well as the rural carrier benefit plan for those mail handlers and also UPMC in the Pennsylvania area and Sentara in Northern Virginia. I remember the Sentara health plan group was a big uh, group there. So you'll have that as well. So anyway, you've got um, lots of choices there and things to look at if you have that particular need um, as far as uh, having those extra benefits to help with infertility, which can be a, a major problem for some families and a very expensive problem to resolve as well. Um, you'll have to, to deal with that in addition. Um, I was getting some calls from employees and retirees who were dealing with the Part D drug benefit concerned about and I think initially when this was all put up on the plan websites it was new and so of course you know everything wasn't quite in the final format but I've been in, assured from Blue Cross and also from Aetna that those drug benefits are going to include the drugs that you're currently filling so you should still have that coverage for that same prescription drug next year as you did this year even under that new Part D benefit. So don't let that dissuade you from joining that plan. Um, so you'll still have the option for filling those same prescriptions. You might have to get some doctor's approvals again, as you might have had to do before. So that might also come into play. Okay. Bob might be coming back. I'm not sure. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm trying to think what else to tell you guys about open season. I really wish we could have this back and forth conversation so I could answer your questions about this upcoming open season because there are a lots of individual concerns that people have when it comes to open season. And I always hear people saying, well, hey, it's always worked for me in the past. I've had this plan for 35 years, so why should I change now? Well, maybe because you've changed or maybe it's because that plan has changed. 
So I think it is wise to take a look at similar plans. If you like that type of coverage, whether it's an HMO or fee-for-service plan, um, take a look at those similar plans to see, is there something out there that's better? I mean, how lucky are we as federal employees or retirees that we have this many choices to choose from? So we can really tailor a plan to meet our needs based on the fact that we've got you know several dozen choices, if not more, uh, to choose from during open season. I had heard that in the Washington, D.C. area, there's 42 plan choices available. It's almost uh, paralysis by too much analysis, and that might be another issue with um, people trying to make the choice for this upcoming open season period. We just have too many choices, I think. That can also be a hindrance, I think, for many people. So I'm not sure that Bob's coming back, but we shall see. We'll keep up hope because we still have a few minutes left to go um, in the show today. So um, where else was I going to go with this? Um, we were talking about the steps that we need to take as we're uh, dealing with open season. If, I always think it's easy if you can just follow, here's what I do first, here's what I do second and third and so forth. So I think the main things we want to do during open season is to review our current plan. Then we want to take a look at the plans that might be similar that are available or might be something totally different. Because I was talking earlier to you about the health savings accounts and, and having a high deductible health plan, which could be totally different than what you're used to, but it could be a really good choice for you. So some of the plans that are available for a high deductible health plan is Mail Handler's Health Benefit Plan has a high deductible option. Aetna offers a high deductible health plan for next year as well. And also GEHA has a very popular high deductible health plan. So you can join those plans, have a health savings account that you can contribute to. And those plans will also rebate part of the premium to your health savings account. So you don't have to put as much into it to get the full value of that IRS allowance of how much you can contribute to an HSA. Now, if this all sounds good to you, because these plans are lower cost than the average federal health plan, keep in mind you can only contribute to an HSA if you don't have any other health insurance. So in other words, if you have Medicare, if you have TRICARE, uh, then you could not contribute to an HSA. So this is mainly gonna be attractive to those folks who are enrolled in a federal health plan as their only insurance, and then they can enroll in a high deductible federal health plan, and then the health plan will open your HSA for you. And those HSA accounts are held in an FDIC insured bank. I know the one for GEHA uses HSA bank. I think the one for Aetna uses something called PayFlex, but this is all your money's in there, just like it's in a, in a bank down the street. Although these are you know, uh, over the internet banks, but they are FDIC insured and they have those limits that you can contribute with tax-free money that grows tax-free because the money's actually invested. And then when you pay your bills through that HSA account, you've got a debit card or you can do electronic banking to pay the bills or you can let the money accumulate and use it later in life. You know, we have, we've had an HSA or we did have an HSA for about 11 years and we finally uh, transferred over to Medicare last year, so we can no longer contribute to the HSA, but the money is still there, and I'm using that money to pay my Medicare Part B premium. So what's better than paying that premium with tax-free dollars, so at least I get a little bit of a, a benefit of using that money 
in a way that I don't have to pay the tax on that money and it doesn't break the budget because it's coming out of savings that I've already put aside in the past. So that's been a really nice plan. So I, I am a fan, as you can probably tell, I'm a fan of the high deductible health plans for those employees, even if you're uh, older, but you're not on Medicare yet, it's still not a bad option. If you're a young family, not a bad option because you have a lower catastrophic cap generally in those plans. And even though it's a high deductible, you're meeting that deductible partially with the money the plan is giving you in that HSA account. As I said, they're rebating part of your premium back. It's in the neighborhood of about $900 a year for self-only coverage and about $1,800 to $2,000 a year for family plans or self plus one plans. So they're going to help you meet that higher deductible, even though um, you do have to spend a little bit more out of pocket. Overall, it can still be a great way to save money and have really good health, health insurance. So not something to overlook when you're comparing all of your options and your choices. So um, trying to think what else we got about two minutes left. So I want to wrap this up with something upbeat and important for you. And so I guess I could leave this with number one, use those tools that are out there. Uh, number two, uh, take advantage of any type of opportunity you have to learn more because I've been doing this for now 38 years and every open season I learn something new and new things change, you know, new things happen. So we do have to stay abreast of this and keep keep on our toes when we're looking. But by doing so, you can literally save thousands of dollars without sacrificing the health care that um, you need to provide for you and your family. Because I would never recommend something that wasn't going to preserve your health. Because as my dad always used to say, uh, money is not as important as your health. So you want to make sure that you have good health care and Luckily, in our federal health plan, I can't really see a bad option. There are some that are more expensive than others. There are some that might make you pay a little more out of pocket than others, but they're very good plans throughout the FEHB program. So I wouldn't worry about making a bad choice. And remember, next year this time, we're going to have another open season, and you can change plans once again if you need to. So that's not going to be a problem as well. So as Bob was saying, I'm uh, available on govexec.com. So I do write articles there weekly, and I've been focusing on open seas in the last few weeks. So you can take a look at those articles. I also do classes for uh, NARF, the National Active and Retired Federal Employees Association. So you can certainly um, watch those uh, videos and those webinars that we've done there that can help you understand some of these things. And we try to break it down in plain language that's easy to understand and easy to take action on as well. And NITP, where Bob and I met, uh, NITP does seminars throughout the country and during open season, we tend to highlight some of the things we've been talking about today uh, during those seminars that we teach for federal employees. So you can reach me at retirefederal.com. That's my website. You can reach Bob at nitpinc.com, nitpink as we sometimes uh, call it. But both of those places are where Bob and I hang out most of the time. And I think Bob would like to tell you, thank you for listening to our show today. And also we look forward to seeing you again, or at least hearing from you again throughout the week. And until next Monday, thank you again for listening. You've been listening to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP and sponsored by WAPA. 
Please tune in next Monday at 10 a.m. for a topic solely devoted to you, the federal employee. This show can also be heard on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search for your benefit. Thanks for listening.